Let's start the show before I talk your head off and I don't have any voice left for the actual show. Ready. Oh, God. Hmm. Welcome to season two, episode 19 of Belgariot and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariot series of books by David Eddings. This season, we're reading book two, Queen of Sorcery. And today we're diving into chapter 18. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe, and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Alicia Simo. <laughs> we'll get it yet. As as you were reading, as you started the introduction, I was like, oh shoot, I didn't come up with like a proper introduction for myself. And I'm like, wait, is she even going to remember to not say my name? Well, I, I should, I could probably have ended a little bit sooner and just let you do the whole. It's okay. Maybe we need I didn't, to practice. I didn't have, yeah, we can. I'm going to make a note for myself to do that. Okay. On my hand or something, so I don't forget. <laughs> On your hand. <laughs> I don't have any paper without opening my drawer and making a big noise. Well, anyway, we are both here, and if you're up to, what's this episode of the podcast? Episode 41. 19. If you're up to episode 41, I think you probably know who we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you've already listened to many episodes of our old way of introducing ourselves anyway, so. Which is me saying all the things which, you know, how unlike me to say all the things. <laughs> so, That's okay. So anyway, welcome to the show. It's another long chapter, but it was a good one. Was and, it very long? Uh, I must have really enjoyed it because it didn't feel long. Oh, well, as I was going back through today to like look for my personal insight and magic and stuff, mm. I was like, wow, where is the end of this chapter? <laughs> like okay. flipping through. Okay. Oh, I suppose, yeah. It's, it's not a short chapter. Yeah, but it was good. I think yeah. it was good. Anyway, so okay. we're, I suppose we better go to Polgar's Cup. Yeah, Polgar's Cup. You want to start? Not really. <laughs> I thought it might help if you just got it out okay. out there, shared it. I might just have to read what I wrote. Go ahead. My potion this week is orange and clove scented syrup with a resinous aftertaste. My writing and publishing projects are all going great. Uh, like really great. I'm skipping along with them and just having a fabulous time. I wrote, I had a fantastic writing session this morning, 1700 words. I've been opening my, uh, my virtual office again. So for creatives, you don't have to be writing necessarily. You can be doing whatever creative endeavor you're doing. And let's face it, every endeavor you're doing is creative. So if you are, if you work from home, so you can call in to a private office, like virtual office space, and we keep each other company while we're doing our respective projects and work. 
and it uh, we just find that it's so conducive to productivity because you're not there by yourself you don't just sort of wander off and randomly start clicking on things or scrolling through facebook or you know finding something to dust because you're at home sort of you're in an office space with people it's really really effective and i suppose i could put a, a link i suppose i could put a link in the show notes if anyone's interested yeah i didn't think about that it, it, the time zones well the time zone i usually open the office in the morning and it's central european time so it's good for people in the uk good for people in europe not so great for people in the US. Right. <laughs> because I don't want to have the room open all day because that's that's puts yeah. pressure on me to like yeah. you know be present um all all day. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't want that. But I'm opening it every morning. So I'll put a link. You can go and have a look at the group and see if it suits you, see if the times suit you. Then come on in. And if the times don't suit you just yet. Maybe they will in the future. Maybe I'll do some days in the afternoon. Like if I if I opened the office for you, mm-hmm. what what sort of times would you come might maybe come in? Well, for me, it would be about this time or a little bit earlier. So how That's many when I hours do my, my writing earlier? Uh, a couple a couple hours. So like nine a.m. my time, which would be like. 5 p.m. for you so like five to seven <laughs> yeah no I'm I clock out at five ah, right. that's a poop right. anyway. but there's probably people who would come in like early in the morning I just don't sit at a computer that early well I guess if people are sort of doing creative projects and then going off to a, to a, like an, a job somewhere else yeah they might might be helpful hey okay yeah. so I'll put a link in the show notes it's called goddess rights but you don't have to be writing cool yeah it does help to have that environment of other people who are in the same energy as yeah. you and creative mode yeah totally did i distract you enough to get away from the thing i don't want to talk about it's <laughs> <laughs> up to you if you want to share it or not well i do i think it, it would be helpful yeah so i, agree. I feel like um so i just feel like i'll just keep reading the the yes. I diverted myself completely from the notes that I had put on this run sheet, but I'll go back in there. (laughs) So it works great. But uh, like in my emotional body is not so fabulous uh, at the moment. I had a shock the other night, like an emotional kind of shock. And um, I triggered a small coleslaw. I get coleslaws. I have had, I've, I have had coleslaws since, I was a tiny, tiny little thing. I, in fact, most of the photos that I find of myself when I was a babe, like tiny little tot and growing up, a fucking cold sore. Perfect. Yeah. So whoever the bastard was that kissed me when they had a cold sore when I was a baby, shame on you. Anyway, so I've had this really disfiguring complaint my whole life and most of the time like I've learned over the years how to manage it I've done a lot of energy work on it and um, especially EFT like tapping 
let's work through a lot of the stuff because the virus is it's in the nerves of my face and so if i'm very emotional very stirred up good or bad uh the virus activates sometimes not all the time but sometimes and the sort of goes to the ends of the nerves on my face and it multiplies, multiplies, multiplies like viruses do and then I get a breakout. That's how cold sores work. You're welcome for the lesson. And so because I had this emotional shock and it kind of dropped my immune system, I was vulnerable to a breakout when the next thing happened, which was confronting the truth of something that I've been just gently turning myself away from, just gently turning myself away from the truth of a situation for an entire year or a little bit more. It's just been, no, 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 no. Just telling myself a nice story in my head. No, 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 no. And it's come to the point where I couldn't do that anymore. So my the, the, the fiction that I constructed in my head just shattered mm -hmm. yeah. and it's come out on my face because I'm, I'm telling myself new stories that are much more upsetting which is the reason why I held the fiction in place for so long because I don't want to think about these other things that I you know my my worst case scenario is about this person that I love so it sounds very similar. It sounds, this is reminding me a lot of the last chapter we read about the poison that it only activates if you get emotional. Oh my God. My poison is fucking cold sores. And this it's is true. And this because is true. Didn't we say, I, didn't someone say if I, if it was yes. in my system, I'd be dead? Yes. Yes. And what's interesting though, is that I have heard of people who will watch a movie or read a book and events in that actually happened to them a short while after they've just consumed the content. I believe that. So it could after be a little long. bit of that going on <laughs> too, because well, we read that chapter and you were discussing it. And it's interesting. That's very interesting, actually. Not saying, <laughs> That's very not saying that like this this event was probably on its way to you anyways, but your reaction to it, I think it could be influenced by what you read. That's, I think it's a it's a perfect storm, isn't it? It's like but, but this happens so often. The universe just lines everything up fucking perfect. I'm dropping the F-bomb bit tonight. Just lines everything up perfectly, <laughs> got it all lined up, and then pulls the rug out or bops us in the back and pushes us right into whatever the thing is that's right in front of us, then it's lined us up perfectly to crash through. Mm. Thanks very much, universe. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But so it's going to pass. It's going to pass and you're already through the worst of it. So I'm really glad this is a podcast today because I feel like putting a bag over my head. I feel very ugly and disfigured and it's itchy and sore and painful. And mm. <sighs> I'm sorry. Horrible. I know I relate a little bit just because I always have struggled with acne and sometimes they would get to that itchiness and then they could just feel them everywhere. And it was oh, always like, oh, darling. I see. So I, I never, I've, I've never had I get a zit here and there but I've never had really bad pimples my sister did so I don't know what that what it feels like 
I wonder oh, similar yeah similar to that yeah yeah mm, yeah so but yeah just just focus on yourself you need to like you were telling me <laughs> have patience and take time to heal yeah don't just keep moving forward so if you're one of the lucky ones who gets the live and uncut video feed here you go this is what it looks like you can't really see it on the video anyways well people tell me that but i just don't believe them because if you know when there's something in your mouth oh that's the other thing i'm not even that. Oh. Oh, you, know, you remember the the, the the butcher of the dentist that, yeah yeah okay that feeling that he completely cracked off so i have right. got i've been i've i had to go and buy dental wax like the stuff you get when you've got braces to put over the bits right. that are slicing up your lips because yeah. my tooth is so sharp. It was slicing into the bottom of my tongue. I couldn't talk or swallow oh, or gosh. do anything. I remember having to do that when I had braces. It was the most annoying thing ever to go to sleep. I'd have to pad the size of my teeth with wax or I'd wake up with gashes in my mouth. Yep. So, so I have not had a great week, darlings. Oh, well, depends how you look at it. Maybe I've had a very great week in growth and truth-telling and now I just need to take a day to breathe. Yeah, that's it. Because once you get through that, you're going to come out the other end feeling more like oh, lighter. I'm just, I'm so determined not to be small anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to tell lies anymore to myself, to anyone. So maybe this is me just having to deal with an example of where I really, really was lying to myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. The universe is answering your intention. It's like, okay, you want it? Here you go. I'll shut up and read your potion. I say it only because I just went through my own. Oh, my own no, way. I know. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Okay. My potion is I put relaxing lemon and raspberry. It's sweet and smooth, though. It's not tart like you would think it would be. Mm -hmm. Because I have, it's been interesting. I've been getting these random contacts, people contacting me about my nonfiction book, Internal Journey of a Writer. They're wanting to uh, help me market and put the book out there and do social media and all this. And of course you have to pay for services. And it's just interesting. Of course I'm not doing any of them, but it's interesting that these people are just finding me all of a sudden and saying like, Hey, your book, Hey, your book. And I just keep like smiling to myself every time I get one. And then just say, I either just don't reply or I'll just say, no, thank you. I actually got on the phone with one of them. And that was interesting because he was personally like interested in the book. He wanted to read it. He's like, I think this could change my life as a aspiring writer. So I was like, that's, that's cool to hear, you know? And just like little other little synchronicities around my books, just small things, but enough to see that things are moving in the direction. Yep. Yeah, I want them to. That's so wonderful. Yeah. And then and the, the personal stuff I was dealing with last week that were creating my headaches and stuff. I've really 
started clearing all of that and um, being in presence, like being in the now moments uh, has become more of a regular thing for me. Yep. And it feels really good. Yep. It's like the, the best feeling there is. <sighs> yeah, it is. It really um, is. I need to, need to listen to me. More of that. It is. I think you should pull out um, Eckhart Tolle's book. Okay. Just I, read, haven't, I haven't just, read it for ages. It's been, just I've had it, I've had it for page. years and years. And just see what you flip to, what he has to say to you about this situation. Okay. I think I, I think I did put it in my prophecy speaks as my question. Yeah. Hey, nice book. potion. Nice question. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes <laughs> to the book that we're talking about, your um, The Internal Journey of a Writer. Yeah. For anyone who's, who is a writer or a creative and interested in reading about how Alicia um, steps people through that process. Yeah, definitely. It's on Amazon's easiest place to find it. Okay. Well, I'll, you can send me a link and I'll put whatever link you like in. Okay. Okay. Gary's view, please. Okay. I felt like I just finished saying this is a long chapter, but I had a hard time summarizing it for some reason. <laughs> uh, all I could come up with is that they're on the road again. They meet. Oh, no, it's in my head. The song is in my head. No, no. <laughs> I hear Donkey from Shrek singing it. Oh, my God. Well, you know, that's going in the show notes, in the extended show notes. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, oh so they God, meet two writers. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kiko. Uh, they meet two writers on the way to their destination. and But they quickly realize that these people aren't actually strangers as they initially think. They know who they are. Uh, they allow them to join their party. And uh, it's, it really is. It's funny because this is still tying into your situation. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of lying going on in this chapter. There's a yeah. lot of realizing who's really good at lying and who's terrible at it. And also who <laughs> who is good at like putting up the front of Yep. I'm going to completely pretend I have no idea what's going on, but I know exactly what's going on. Yep. There's a lot of that in this chapter, and that's my summary. Oh, this is going to be interesting then. I think, okay, okay, cool. Maybe this is going to be part of your healing. I think that definitely. The universe doesn't line anything up by halves, does it? No. doesn't give you the problem without giving the solution. Yep. Okay, so chapter, what is this, 18? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So into right. Wolf's Wisdom, where we talk about the chapter and characters and story and stuff. So they've left Grinig's house in Tolhonath before dawn. And they're, you know, dressed in their traveling clothes again and they're off. They go, they slip out. <laughs> this is like part of the pattern of the story, Silk knowing the back way out of anywhere that they need to get out of quietly yeah yeah so that's that's sort of you know 
Oh, 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 what? Um, so yeah, the back way thing, I think I'm still building up on like getting the humor of that. Uh-huh. But I really liked the humor that followed that because uh-huh. they had all been up late drinking. Yes. They had all had dr- too much to drink. And Aunt, Aunt Paul is just like having so much fun. <laughs> like making them feel even worse by saying things like it's just such a beautiful morning isn't it (laughs) now i i don't know how to feel about this i've i sort of toggle back and forward like is she being a bitch or is she just like really enjoying their discomfort because they've been you know she doesn't drink and they do like i feel like I feel like she's almost in like an I told you so mo because she when is she not? She had told Mr. Wolf. She told him like <laughs> probably not a good idea. But he's like, it's not gonna drink itself, you know. Oh, that's right. At the in the at the end of the other chapter. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's so I feel like off. she is. Yeah, she okay. is purposely yep. trying to make okay. him feel miserable. So <laughs> she's having a lovely time. And um, a wolf mentions, uh, asks Barak if he spoke to Grinig about the ship. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did, but I have no idea. No, that'll come up later. Okay. And so, (laughs) but that's just a little interesting exchange because Barak's like, oh, I think so. (laughs) I seem to remember. Yeah. (laughs) Wolf's like, you were kind of important dude (laughs) yeah and so the thing about the ship is that wolf um they're going to uh this tour and so wolf thought it would be a good idea to have a ship waiting for them when they get to a certain place to sail over to this tour which is the um capital of the snake people where do they live i've forgotten my mind's a blank the Nisa. I know they're yes. I was gonna say I know they're Nisan. Yep, so Nisa. Um so the so they're heading to Nisa next. And that'll be interesting. Yeah. To see if that's like it gets a bit it's I'm not no no spoilers in this chapter. So they keep going. <laughs> and um, you know, they have to wait until the top legionnaires open the gates and so <laughs> wolves feeling very miserable <laughs> yeah in the in the bright day mm-hmm. and they leave and they're about eight leagues how much is a league i think i worked it out one day it's quite a long way yeah so anyway i think it's yeah it's, it's close to oh, i'm not even gonna try to guess <laughs> i'll look it up it again was, it was different yeah i think it's different per story too oh was it I think it's just each, I don't know. I feel like we had come to no, the No, that was Eon. That was Eon. Oh, Eon. Okay. You're right. Anyway, so they're eight <laughs> leagues, which I always think think in, in when I read league, it feels like a really, really long way. Longer than a right. kilometer or a mile or whatever. Um, south. So they're heading south still. Heta says there are two riders coming up behind. And... Um, uh, Paul just says ordinary travellers, perhaps. And then the riders come up and there's a tall skinny dude in a t- green tonnage and mantle. And that's a bit weird because it's not really riding garb. And um, 
so there's him and a child um, who's wearing a hood and has a handkerchief across her face. And it's, I mean, it's weird because they sort of stop beside our, our group and make small talk and then ask for water. So who travels mm-hmm. without water? <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a little weird. So what did you um, think? But- you talk about this because, you know. We also had the hints already of Gary and kind of like feeling like he recognized her and and then um, the the man calls her my lady so it's kind of like well she's somebody you Mm -hmm. know yeah he fumbles he fumbles over like when he's talking to her so he sort of starts out you're uh, uh, my lady he he fumbles Mm -hmm. over her name yeah so Garyan is already really suspicious and so it's kind of obvious these are and i think it references him observing oh yeah it says he's observing her as she was not a child though she was very small um so it reminded me instantly of the same description of the princess yeah so it, I is, assumed. it really is kind of almost the same almost exactly the same description isn't it yeah yeah, so it was made pretty obvious who she was from the beginning, I think. Okay. Okay. So what did you think about this then? Nothing yet, I suppose. I mean, that she's running away? Yeah. Well, she's her hair's dyed. And they, Dick Garion can tell that her hair's dyed because there are sort of faint smears of dark on her collar. Yeah. I didn't think too much. I just had assumed because of what she, the way she was complaining before with her, it's her father, right? <laughs> the emperor. Yeah. yeah. That um, she was wanting to get out and even her, well, that was her, her, the emperor's point of view though, was that it wasn't right for her to have to go through all that marriage stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but clearly she agrees with him mm-hmm. um, so that she wants to run away and just mm-hmm. because she's tired of being she feels like a prisoner with her own father that he yeah. has her locked up so much yep yeah so so Garion has his suspicion it's not stated in the book yet who she is um, but his the the his, her companion is named Jeebus and that's when Garen gets very suspicious when he hears Jeeba's name. And, you know, they talk about how far you're going and they agree that um, they're going to travel together. And Paul is the one who decides that they can join the group and travel together. Silk just looks doubtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Silk keeps up his um, persona of Radek of Boktor, the woolens merchant, you know, as, you know, he sort of takes the leader of the group role. Jeebus introduces uh, the girl as Lady Sherelle, whose father is a grand merchant or something, and they're travelling to Tolborun to visit relatives. So Garion knows who it is now. And Jeebus just sort of babbles as they ride along and he's sort of harmless but talks a lot about how important he is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the the 
girl rides along beside Aunt Paul. And then Aunt Paul decides it's time to stop to eat and invites them to join the group. Yep. And um, I liked this moment as they were, they had just stopped and then she's um, she's complaining that she can't get a cup of fr- fresh water and she tells Gary to fetch it for her. Yeah, the ground's muddy. She doesn't want to walk on the muddy ground. <laughs> and his, like, just his reaction. He's like, it's right there. And she's like, it's all muddy. And so he just like turns his back on her and pretends like she's not there and talks to Aunt Paul instead. <laughs> yeah, he starts funny. to sort of admit, say to Aunt Paul, I don't think that Lady Sherelle is who she says she is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Aunt Paul's yeah. very, very blase about the whole thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well, she's like, yeah, I know. And he's surprised that she knows. I don't know why he's surprised. She t- this isn't the first time she's done this. You know? you know what does surprise me that I wanted to talk to you about is that Silk yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. That bothers- yeah, his reaction. Yeah, his that- reaction when they announce who she is, and he's kind of like, "What?" That really bothers me. It does not feel congruent with his character. No, I didn't think so either. Um, and I think that's what prompted me also to post that thing in our private chat Mm. this morning about his last chapter with him in the last chapter how he's so good at and I know everybody does this on their own level but he's like a master at being changing who he is in order to Mm -hmm. fit the situation and so I don't know I just felt like he I thought he was just pulling like an ant pole the whole time just pretending he didn't know did you still think he, that at the end when he reacted? No, I oh. felt like he really didn't know. Yeah. So it was strange. I'm like, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Like, I feel like he would know. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe something might come later to like correct that, but I'm guessing it doesn't. No, it bothers me. It's always bothered me. Yeah. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so Gary and sort of talking to Aunt Paul about Sinedra. Aunt Paul's just kind of passing over everything, acting completely normal, not saying anything, not confronting anybody, just carrying on with the facade. Gary and starts to ask questions like, isn't it dangerous to have her with us? And won't she be a lot of bother? And Aunt Paul has an answer for everything, including the fact that Imperial princesses are supposed to be a lot of bother. <laughs> um and so then they and they keep and see that and they they keep traveling together like uh jeeva says you know we'll pay you for anything we we eat and we may as well just travel together we're going in the same direction and silk looks to aunt paul for approval and she says yes of course and he looks surprised and so yeah it bothers me because this he it there's no none of his knowing none of his like he's made out to be ignorant of something that's quite obvious to other people in the party and would be obvious to him. I don't see why he wouldn't know who it is. Yeah, I think so. I think that I feel like the way he looks to Aunt Paul to confirm instead of him being the one to confirm is 
um like he's playing the role of being in charge but it is just a role to him oh, no, but it is a, it is a role to, to everyone it's just for the sake of appearances as they're traveling he's definitely not the one in charge right and so i think that explains why he just turns to Aunt pole yeah to like say is this happening or not yeah but um but him not recognizing them doesn't fit yeah yeah anyway i might drop that soon but it really bothers <laughs> me <laughs> so and and then garion begins to think uh to himself oh, what a really really bad idea this is is it does he really think it's a bad idea or does he just fear Gary, that I'm gonna, gonna read the... I'm gonna read this. Garion knew the idea was a mistake so serious that it bordered on disaster. Mm-hmm. Because Jeebus is not gonna be a great traveling companion. And he's pretty sure that Sinedra is used to getting her own way and being waited on. And he's pretty sure that he's going to be the sucker who has to do all the waiting. Mm-hmm. Right. And Armpole and Wolf have a little private conversation away from everyone that Gary and overhears about uh, Sinedra. And Mr. Wolf's like, I, you know, if you lost your senses, this is not a good idea. She's a monster and, you know, makes my skin crawl. You need to just keep her away from me. Armpole's very confident and centered and casual almost about the whole thing like yep just don't worry about it this is my deal i'll take care of it yeah i felt like she almost had uh, another felt like it was another purpose was given to her in this moment with the arrival of sinidra because she Did sees you know? She sees this as like, hmm, well, I can shape her how I want her to be now. Ooh, that's you a know, very because... good thing, to, interesting statement. Yes. <laughs> well, because I know they, they said she's going to be marrying the Raven King and all that. So she's going to be somebody really with a lot of power. And, and Aunt Paul is probably like, I can do something with this. <laughs> <laughs> Without anybody else around to stop me. And uh, yeah, well, her mate, yes, that's a very interesting statement. I think you definitely have there's something in there, very definitely. And also, she is not interested in going looking for Sinedra when the time comes for that accord to be fulfilled. For, for the, when the time comes for her to present herself in the throne room of the Raven King on her 16th birthday, Aunt Paul doesn't want to be having to go look for her. And if she just keeps it with her now, there's no chance of her running away because can you imagine someone actually successfully running away from Aunt Paul? No. Um, But yeah, we quickly see that Mr. Wolf feels the same as um, Garion does about her. Mm -hmm. And he also, Aunt Paul tells him that that Garion does know who she really is. Mm -hmm. Um, And he seems surprised by that fact, but well, he yeah. says he actually says that's surprising. Yeah, oh, Paul, oh, no, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> he is brighter than he looks. Right. Well, <laughs> Garion has to overhear. That's not very nice. Yeah. So, but it, it's but it's it's uh it's 
we get a nice little picture into his internal workings then about how he feels about all the attention Snitch is getting from Art Pole, who has been entirely his own till now. Right. There hasn't been He's... anyone else comparable, like nobody near his age that she's been caring for. Yeah, he's got some jealousy going on, I think. And it doesn't help, too, that that his fears of becoming like the servant to her start to <laughs> definitely come into true. reality. <laughs> and um, she's up there riding next to Aunt Paul and all that. And he's yeah. running around doing these things. So. And every time Garion tries to sort of stand up for himself, Aunt Paul just squashes it and reminds him to be polite. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. That would hurt a little bit. Yeah, that would piss that me would. off. Right. Uh, and and then, this is where we get into like the story. The story is she's, she and Jeepers are telling these people and it keeps changing every time she, she talks more. And even Garion observes like how awful a liar she is. Yeah, and, the stories um, just get wilder and wilder and more absurd. Right. And I liked Aunt Paul's explanation to him about lying as an art. A good lie shouldn't be embellished so much. She'll need a little more practice, a lot more practice, if she plans to make a career of it. Yes, exactly. And so I kind of wondered if, like, does she assume she has to make a career of it because she's going to be queen and you have to? Oh, that's an or... interesting observation. Yeah, because I, I feel like in, in these types of worlds rulers even good rulers have to be really good at lying in some instances well yes for for lots of different reasons not for evil intention intentions but right to manage populace right i think of like john snow from game of thrones he was always a leader and he had to lie are you spoiling things for me if this dude doesn't die and i actually read the stories no He's, he's always a leader. From the beginning, he is okay. a leader. All right. And there's just moments where he has to lie for the greater good. And it's kind of like that situation. Okay. Thinking, yeah. But... Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. That observation. Oh, I like talking about this with you. <laughs> and yeah, the best liars tell it like a truth. Right. And there's always, there's always a little bit of truth in there. Mm-hmm. that makes it believable mm-hmm. yeah which is how they make it real for themselves yeah <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you've had some practice in this oh yeah i am <laughs> i don't lie so well anymore but i was a brilliant liar for a very long time and it appears i'm still pretty good because i do it to myself right I'm the opposite. I'm a terrible liar. You can't hold it up for anything. My youngest daughter is the same. Mm. She'll try to tell me something and I'm like, I can see it on your face. You are not telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. And she'll try to hold it up, but then she'll just start smiling. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> well, I have one who is a bit of a drama queen, but has learned over the years how to do it quite well. And the other one has always been wonderful at it. She just, she is silk. Yeah. That's funny. It's hard. It's hard to raise a child who's a good liar. Right. Good grief. Yes. 
<laughs> anyway, and it's supposed to be a mark of it. it's supposed to be a mark of intelligence. So whatever you know, bonus. Yeah, it, the hard part is not taking it personally when they lie to you. Yeah, that is the hard part. That 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 right there. That is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Um, so. They get to the point where they say they can go their separate ways. And then mm. Sinidra starts telling a whole other story about family that lives in the city. So they can just go around that way with them. And is it Aunt Paul who says, you might as well just give up the lie right now. Tell us, tell everyone who you really are or something. Yeah. So uh, Aunt Post says, okay, yeah, this is good a time as any, good as place. Let's have a talk. And yeah, calls her out. And she's surprised that everybody knew the truth. Yeah, Sinedra, she Which thinks she's the, an accomplished, you know, is a trickster. That she's a terrible liar. She's a dreadful liar. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she's like, oh, you all know. And she seems so disappointed. And she orders Jeebus to tell them <laughs> who she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just too much effort for her to speak it. You know? Oh dear. So Jeeb is sort of is very nervous about the whole thing and and she's like, Well, look, if they were gonna do anything to us, they would have done it a long time ago. They know already know. And Jeebus introduces her formally. And I have to read this. It's the first time it's all said together in the book. It bears reading directly from the text. I have the honour to introduce Her Imperial Highness, the Princess Sinedra, daughter to His Imperial Majesty, Ranborun 23, and the jewel of the House of Baroon. Mm. And here, Silk whistles and his eyes widen momentarily and the others show similar signs of amazement. He is not pretending. He didn't know. Right. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah it was a little bit odd to me too and I was reading that I just kind of let it go I passed over it I was just like it was like a passing thought I was like that's weird and then I just kept going but it did cross my mind yes anyway I just thought of the title for our episode terrible so- liar <laughs> no that's the hashtag right that write that shit down that li- okay. uh, lies and incongruence Oh, that's good. That is good. I don't know what else happens in between all this. I'm already on to the part where she uh, she also has to reveal a truth to Jeebers. Is that right? Or did I miss something? Uh, yes, this is true. So then she says to Jeebers, it was my idea to yeah, run away. Like, Jeeber starts explaining to them as he's as she's asking him to tell them everything. He's yes. saying that the emperor tasked him with this. Yes. And then as he continues to talk and talk and talk about how it happened, and he's slowly realizing, like, wait a second, this doesn't <laughs> feel all right. And he's like, and she, I think it's Aunt Paul who says, you might as well tell him the truth now. You know? <laughs> so he almost passes out when he realizes that the yeah. emperor has no idea no that Sinidra has left exactly she's just run away and he gets like he gets quite cross and raises his voice to her yeah and and Barak goes off his nana <laughs> yeah. and starts you know you can imagine this big Barak hulking Barak yelling at this little girl and wolf 
Wolf kind of steps in and protects her, you know, gently. She may be a princess, but she's still a little girl. Don't frighten her. And um, and then people start asking the questions, you know. Hetar's like, yeah, what's this about? And she gets very haughty and Wolf says, yeah, well, we're going to have to clear up those misconceptions you have pretty soon, but just don't worry about it. Just answer the questions and don't worry about who asked it. And this is where she sort of gives the the explanation you know my father imprisoned me it was intolerable so i left that's that and oh and there's another matter <laughs> but you wouldn't understand it's political yeah and then they talk about the um the reva the accord about her going to reva on her 16th birthday um and she's like i have no intention of doing it i'm going to the queen in the wood of the dryads because she's a kinswoman and she'll give me sanctuary so it's all turned into a bit of a bit of a schmuzzle. So they get off the road and make a camp for the night. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remind myself here of these last pages. Well, basically they go, so they, they all know what's happening. So Jeebus is, is cross with her. They, they all know what's happening now. They decide to make camp for the night um, to, to work out what to do next. Yeah, I liked that, that little moment when they're after they've set up camp. Mm-hmm. And who is it? Garion and Beric and Dernick that go yes. fishing? Yes. That was funny. Is that they come back with all these fish and they're like proud of themselves. And Aunt Paul is like, did you gut them or whatever you do to fish? And he's kind of like, I think it was Beric's like, well, I figured since we caught them, like <laughs> someone else would do them. She just kind of like, go on, go finish your work <laughs> and then come back. That was funny. Yeah. So yes, and that I'm so glad that you spotted that the fishing thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah. So they have dinner, and then halfway through the night, they hear horse hoofs galloping off around midnight, and Jeebus has taken off. Yeah, I like that because um, you know it's it's Garion and Silk. I think Wolf is there. I think it's Silk who asks, why didn't you try to stop him? Oh, he asked Hetar that. Yes, and Hetar is on watch. Yeah, and Hetar says, I was told not to, glancing at Aunt Pole. Mm-hmm. So then she's very proud of her idea of getting rid of Jeebers and putting the idea in his head that he should leave and he should do this by going to the city and telling everybody this, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. So that they can just take Sanidra with them mm-hmm. or they're going, mm-hmm. which fits into her overall plans. Exactly. The beginning. Exactly. So, and it's, I, I really enjoy the way that she speaks to Sanidra when yeah. Sanidra demands that go after him, bring him back. And Aunt Paul's like, don't be foolish after all the trouble I went to. Right. And Sinedra's gets all, oh, how dare you talk to me like that? And and then Silk's like, yeah, well, you'd be amazed how little we care. <laughs> <laughs> or how, yeah. how little how little Polgara is concerned. She uses, he uses Polgara's name for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, she starts to realise who all these people are around her. And yeah. she's upset that she's kind of like, but you said she was your sister. And Silk admits that he has a vice for lying, <laughs> which is a nice contrast between the two of them. They're like at 
two opposite ends of the lying scale. Yeah, they're very he's, bad. And he's a master. And, yes. Yeah. The master so liar. Then they all kind of just reveal who they really are, and yeah. And it's a very interesting. It's a. It's. I like this statement. You know, I'm sure. You know, she's sort of Aunt Paul's like you. You. I'm sure you can see how little your title impresses us. We all have our own titles, so we know how empty they are. So yeah. I just really like that insight. Yeah, it is good insight. It's just like labels, right? Right. Huh. So yeah, and then she realizes if that Belgarath is Belgarath, and so she's a bit stunned about that, and um, she gets yeah. very um, crestfallen and decides to consider herself a prisoner. Yeah. And then Paul, she says, no, she asks, Should I, am I your prisoner then? And Aunt Paul says, well, if it makes you feel better to be a prisoner, then you can consider yourself a prisoner. <laughs> Aunt Paul's got some good humor coming around. She does. She does. But, uh, I'm sorry. And then they, we end on, I'm going to have to do something about your hair though. What did you use for dye? It looks awful. It's just yeah. very, all the secrets are out in the open. Well, not all yep. of them, but, you know, a fair few. A good majority of them. So, yeah, did you like that chapter? Yeah, it was good. I thought, it's funny because before I even knew, I came in here and read the sheet of what you had filled out with what's been going on in your life. I had read this chapter and I was thinking of like all these concepts of lying and different levels of lying. And I didn't even put that together, you know, <laughs> I did not put that together. <laughs> yeah. I'm too, like I'm other, too involved the in the whole thing. Yeah. Your other stories are too loud still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really good chapter uh, with a lot of humor, which is what always gets me in books is the humor is where I start to really feel attached yeah, to, to the, the story and the characters. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay, so the magic. Yeah, so uh, there wasn't really a lot of magic in this chapter, but um, I, I chose Heta knowing that there were two writers coming up behind them. <clears throat> And yeah. my, my question here is, was it magic or wildcraft? And I know that whenever I watch like a show or read a book or whatever, and there are trackers or hunters or, you know, especially in fantasy novels, like, like, like um, Aragorn and Legolas and like when they're tracking. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is magical. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like a, a way of tuning into the natural world around them to yeah. Listen to it, talk to them. Yeah, it is. I also think of, um, I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead, but Daryl and The I Walking Dead. I watched some of The Walking Dead, but then it just got boring. <laughs> and I stopped. It gets, there's like three or four seasons in the middle that are just, why did they, why? And yeah, then it gets yeah. good for like the last three seasons have been pretty good. But anyways, the point is Daryl, he's another one who's a really good tracker. Um, but yeah, that is, it's like yeah. only certain people can, yeah. I mean, I guess anybody can learn it, but well, you've got to learn to, I feel like there's an intuition involved. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And 
Here's a little tie into the lying theme of today's show. Mm -hmm. You can't imprint what you think. You have to let everything speak to you and believe what it tells you. Yeah. Just my magic. <laughs> it looks like you're having a processing moment. So I was just. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, my magic, I put uh, the ant pole knew all along who the girl was, but she didn't react in any way or say anything to clue anybody in that she knew. And so, like I said, I'm a terrible liar. I can't lie to somebody's face if I know it's not the truth. But I relate to that of like always, I know a lot more than most people. I'm very aware of yeah. things and stuff going on, but I won't comment on it a lot of the time. Yeah. I will just observe it. And then if I need to take action, I will, or I'll just, okay, cool. And release it, you know, but yeah. um, I just, yeah. Being able to do that, I think not everybody can do that. Some people are amazing at lying. Some people are amazing at this. I don't know what you would call it. But, you know, knowing so much more than you're like uh, leading on to. And you can imagine, like I can imagine how much Aunt Paul knows that she is simply not appropriate to tell anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No wonder she's good at it. <laughs> she's been doing it for a long time. Long time. Yeah. Okay. Personal so insight so real life relating so polgara is beautifully blase about sinedra's lying and i am currently being very convincing in the same way about believing someone this is what i was talking about earlier and i'd like to say that i'm not being told outright lies but there have been some of them now that i think about it um you know, but I never know for sure because, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's all very, con it's very confusing in my head. What I know is I was really impressed with the way Polgara just kind of, yep, it's all cool. doesn't take anything on. It's all just what it is. I know it's lies and that's fine because I know what the right. truth is. And I just wish right. that I had a bit of her cool because my nervous system is so scrambled at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, and the fact is that I can look cool on the outside. No problem with that. <laughs> I'm very good at looking cool on the outside while my mind is inside here shrieking at me. Yeah. Um, and I'm fine. Too. I can do that so long as I don't have this breaking out on my face. Because this say, is like the reflection of what's going on inside of me. Yeah. And it's the, and I can't I can't ignore it. It's so present and so like immediate that I can't pretend that everything is okay. Mm -hmm. And so I get really vulnerable. Aunt Paul could be a good kind of teacher guide for you right now in your life, you know, just maybe maybe pull out her book. And just flip through some of the pages. That's interesting. <laughs> That's what I do. I use, I often use fictional characters as like a reference to my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be like, you know, they handled this way better than I 
I'm handling something very similar. That's interesting. But yeah, so that was my that's my real life relating. It's very immediate real life relating. It's no memory just right. today. <laughs> right. Um, I put the when I was younger, this happened a lot. I don't really do this at all anymore, but when I was younger, I'd always not always, but I had those moments like Gary and did where you feel the fear of being put on the back burner or treated less than because somebody else in your mind, you see them as more important than you yep. comes in to the circle, whether it was like a friendships, a group of friends or, yep. you know, other stuff like that. And I often would be the one that would kind of just get pushed because I was so quiet. Yep. They kind of just forget about me. So, uh, I understood Gary in, in that yeah. moment when he was dealing with that fear oh. and then having it come, come to pass. Come true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's even worse, huh? Yeah. Oh, I just want to hug you. It's okay. It made me stronger. It's okay. Prophecy speaks. Yeah. to follow up from last week no i don't think so i don't think i need to so um, before we go into our own prophecy speaks this week we had our first um the first instance of a listener sharing with us their experience of prophecy speaks and yes. it was powerful and beautiful and they found it much more significant than they thought it would be. And it, I just feel really privileged that we can help people to um, find inroads into things that they are wondering about themselves, have deeper conversations, connections with themselves by using this divinatory tool. And um, I'm just really grateful yeah. that we get to to um you know share that share that first mm -hmm. experience with someone i'm really really it grateful was, yeah it was really cool to to hear that and um it made my i was having kind of a off morning and it just made everything kind of like lighten up after that so yeah. so thank you dear dear listener who trusted us yep Right, do you want to go with yours? Yes, I'll go first. So what do I need? <clears throat> what do I need to know about the situation around my darling chronic liar? <laughs> and whether I'm speaking about the other person or myself at the moment is, is Left open. could could be debatable. It's is it up for debate. I think that focusing on myself with a reading like anyone if you if anyone's doing a reading focusing on yourself is always the preferred option asking questions about other people is never going to give you a clear reading because you're all, because we're always going to be seeing things from our own points of view from within our own stories our own filters 
<clears throat> and ultimately, the answers that are most helpful and significant are the ones that we apply to ourselves. Because it's ourselves we're trying to understand better how we react, why we react, or why we are a certain way. So that would be my advice for it. Always, you know, try to focus on yourself because that's, you know, where you can affect change. You can't change anyone else. <clears throat> oh, I just told myself a thing, didn't I? <laughs> okay. So what do I need to know about this situation of me lying to myself about this particular thing? And um, the book I'm using is Her Mother's Daughter by Marilyn French. Mm -hmm. Oh, little words. But everyone was very friendly, even to her, and didn't seem to mind that she was a child. They sat at a table and a waiter came and brought her ginger ale and Mrs. Murphy had a drink. The kind Uncle Eric sometimes served to Mummy and Daddy and there was a dinner and ice cream and speeches and singing and a little band. Anastasia remained at the table the whole night even when Mrs. Murphy got up to chat with someone across the room. She watched and listened. Everyone was so jolly. Anastasia had never seen such an event. As the evening wore on, they got jollier. Everyone seemed to like everyone else. Everyone talked and smiled and laughed a lot. And everyone knew Mrs. Murphy and stopped at their table and spared a few words for the little girl. They didn't even treat her like a little girl. Well, of course, she was a high school freshman, even if she was only 12. And Mrs. Murphy introduced her. This is Anastasia Dabrowski, and she is a fine musician, and she sings in the choir every Sunday. And the ladies smiled at her and said, how nice, and asked her how old she was and what grade she was in and raised their eyebrows when she said she was in high school. But the men gave her funny kinds of looks she'd never seen before and said things like, look at that hair. and a real heartbreaker, to Mrs. Murphy. A lovely girl, some of them said, always to Mrs. Murphy, never to her. Well, there's a big lie going on there in that scene that that little girl doesn't have any clue about. I think, haven't read the book yet, but I'm, I will. So what am I getting? on a personal and deep healing level, I'm being directed back to a story in my younger life that I've been um, working on or untangling for a really long time. And it's to do with lies. And um, I was that 12 year old who seemed much older, who was treated as much older who was admired and stuff. But in my head, that was not the picture I had of myself. Mm -hmm. So there's that. So that gives me something actually is very specific to work with for the lying to myself, which was my question. And my comment yeah. earlier about being a 
consummate liar when I was young. I think there's probably some work there that I can do to forgive myself <laughs> for all of that. It can be even uh, the fact that this person in your life was lying to you or just lying in general about a situation. Maybe you were seeing some of yourself in there. I totally do. Every, all the, the whole time I have. Oh, and as I forgive myself, I can, mm, yeah, that just ripples you out. Forgive yourself, then yeah, you'll forgive this person. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the place to start is with yourself. Just as you were saying before you did the reading. Yeah. Oh, that's given me a really specific place to go to. Yep. Cool. Great. That's helpful. Good. Um, mine, I, I just want some like guidance on, cause I really want to start expanding my, I call it an authorship. Cause that's just a word that sticks in my mind, but I want to expand in some way. I've been writing, but I want to do, I don't know, just, I just want to know what is the next step I can take to kind of move forward in this, in my authorship. Uh, and I'm using this book called Carve the Mark by Veronica Roth. Um, she's the one that did the Divergent series. Um, so let me see what I get here. It's something I can do today, by the way, like mm -hmm. not in the future, but right now. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna butcher the names, I'm sorry. Uh, Akos rubbed at the marks by his elbow and thought of the savagery of them. He doesn't look like much, Osno's mother had said about him. He's nice enough, Osno had replied. Well, neither of them had known what he could do with a knife, had they? You want me to kill a man, Akos said if only to test it out in his own mind. A man who aided in your kidnapping, yes. What out of the goodness of my heart? Akos shook his head and held out the practice knife handle first for Jorak to take. In return, Jorak said, I can offer you your freedom. As you said, there are hundreds of floaters in the loading bay. It would be a simple thing to help you take one, to open the doors for you, to make sure someone on the nav deck was looking the other way. Freedom, he offered it like someone who didn't know what it meant, someone who had never had it taken away. Only it didn't exist for Akos anymore and hadn't since the day he found out his fate. Maybe even since he promised his dad he would get Elijah home. Uh, so Akko shook his head again. No deal. <clears throat> you don't want to go home? I have unfinished business here and I really should get back to it. So Jorak still wasn't taking the practice knife. So Akko's let it fall between them and started for the door. He felt for Jorak's mother, maybe even more for Jorak himself, but he had enough family trouble of his own and these marks weren't getting any easier to bear. Okay. Okay. Um, so take a breath. Yeah. The marks they're talking about are 
in this story, they use the knife and inflict themselves every time they have a kill. I think that's in other stories too. So this guy's arm is covered with marks. Uh, so I've, I honestly have, I'm a little stuck on this one. He's talking about killing, kidnapping, and you know, the marks on his arm. What does that um, mean? What does it mean to you? Like, where does it, what do the marks sin signify to you? Um, to me, there's, they signify like pain and being like the fact that you have to mark yourself every time you make a kill, it feels like you're like really trapped in this. Um, I don't know, just this dark place like being reminded every time you killed somebody, every time you look at your arm, you see, you know, okay, all of those people. Um, the thing of a threat, they talked about freedom for a couple of paragraphs, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I might have to sit with this one. Unless you have any thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want um, something to to grow your authorship yeah. so if you think of the marks as the growth of this person's career the symbol mm. the signifier of the growth of their career he's loaded up with marks and he doesn't take the knife to make another mark to do another thing he lets the knife fall mm -hmm. so right now today the thing you do is let the knife fall and work on your current project. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I can see that for sure. <laughs> it's funny. I'm laughing because I literally just did my own before this show with a different book and a different question. Um, and I was basically told the exact same thing in that book <laughs> as this, what you just interpreted That's to me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, is that I'm really just supposed to keep writing? That's it. Yes, that's it. That's it today, sweetheart. <laughs> and now everything's just gonna start coming to me because I'm writing, I guess. There you go. I guess you ask, you got. <laughs> well, that's easy. I mean, that's easy to do. So cool. Prediction for the next chapter. Uh, okay. Um, they're going to take Sanidra to the wood of the dryads. And we'll get to see some new people in the story, obviously, if they do that. And Aunt Paul will school Sanidra on the way, the ways to really be a princess. Uh -huh. Like how you really act as a princess. Nice. And I think Sanidra is not going to like it, but she will <laughs> have a think? choice. <laughs> She won't have a choice though, so it's going to be fun to watch. Okay, that's really cool. All right, well, so we'll see you next week. So, this week's hashtag is hashtag terrible liar. If you want to talk to us on social media or in the private, in the private patrons group or on Facebook or on Instagram about this chapter specifically, you can use the hashtag terrible liar or just, you know, throw it into the chat anytime. That would be fine. Um, and we've got a couple of new sections at the end of the show now. So we've moved away from 
asking for reviews. Although if you want to leave a review anywhere, that would be cool. But you can actually leave us a voice message now. Uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes for you to click to go to the place to record a voice message. And um, the only thing that I ask is if you do record a voice message and you don't want it to be included on the show, let us know. Um, I don't guarantee that it will be included on the show, but it could be. So just let us know if you don't want to appear on the show. And so now I'm going to play for you our first voice message that we received. (laughs) Exciting. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Alicia. I wanted to give this a try so that you can see how well it works. Um, And I'll try and give you some nice, clean audio you can use for the podcast. I love the podcast, and I love that you're going through these series of books. My first introduction to David Eddings was actually the Elenium series. Then I moved on to the Tamily, and from there I got into the Belgariad and the Melorian. Um, I started reading them in middle school, and just, and I haven't stopped reading them since. It's really great that you're doing a podcast about things I've loved for such a long time that have been around for a while, and you're getting new people into it, and it's really exciting. And hearing Alicia's view is really exciting too. Um, It looks like I only have a few seconds left. So I just want to say again, thank you for doing this podcast. I'm really excited to see how it goes. So, yeah, yeah, so there we go. So (laughs) thank you, Rachel, for being our very first voice message. I know. It's so awesome. And like, it helps because just hearing her say that she's actually enjoying my point of view helps me because... There's times where I feel like I am not really giving much to the conversation because I feel a little bit lost or like I'm not really into the story yet. I'm not really committed to it yet. I am now, but like further back in book one. So I'm glad that she's still enjoying my Yes, oh, me too, because sometimes I think I just talk all the time. I know I talk a fair bit. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's a reason I have a podcast. It's, it's, I think it's just a natural exchange. I'm a quieter person. You're naturally more yeah. talkative. And so there's going to be moments where, yeah, I'm quieter and you're talking yeah. and it, I don't feel any unbalance with it though. Okay. I good. feel like it's still just natural between us. That's how we naturally would have a conversation. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so. Oh, excellent. So that was our first voice message and we got a new review this week on Facebook from Kevin and I'll I'll read it out now. This is a great way to introduce people you know who enjoy fantasy fiction to the best series ever. I've been a fan of David Eddings and all his books for over 35 years. Listening to these wonderful women exploring the Belgaria together has prompted me to start my own daughter, a dead ringer for Sinedra, reading these herself here's to 10 years of the podcast Mm, so thank you so much Kevin I love that I get to read this uh the first episode that Sinedra is featured I know it's great timing yeah it's great timing and I think he knew that too when he was posting it do you reckon Um, yeah but I mean because she was she was brought up what two chapters ago yeah. And well, if, well if, where, he's, if he's, it depends if he's a new listener, he might be right back 
yeah, I don't know if he's listening to the earlier ones or not, but um, yeah, we appreciate it. Yes, so much. It's, it's yeah, we're hoping for 10 years, maybe a little more of <laughs> the podcast. And Rachel um, mentioned a couple of other series, the Tamale, the Elenium and the Tamale, which is a different yeah. set of characters, which we are totally, totally going to do after we finish the entire, st- all the stories in this universe with these characters. Cool. Yeah, it's it's cool to see this because seeing the fans coming out of David Eddings, like before you told me about these books or David Eddings, I had never in my life heard of not once had I heard of David Eddings or any of his books. And so I didn't even realize that was such a big fandom for him out there. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to see these people coming out and saying what huge fans they are and happy to have a podcast to listen yeah. to about it, you know? Well, so. it's that kind of series. It's the one that you, it's, it's like, it's, it's such an innocent, beautiful first fantasy series to read, I think. For, you know? Yeah. When you're so, just getting started. Yeah. And anyway, so that's our there that's our bit of love and gratitude this week. Um, I have another a special announcement. Next week is Christmas week. So I'm celebrating Yule and uh Alicia's got yes. Christmas with the girls and yeah. you know, her husband and family and stuff. Yeah. And we would usually record on Wednesday, which is Christmas Day. So we're not going to do that. (laughs) No, (laughs) that wouldn't work very well. So next week is Christmas vacation, my darling. So there will not be an episode next week, but we will be back in your ears for New Year. So we'll be able to wish you a happy New Year. I know. Our next conversation on New Year's Day. I know, right? How fun. So... (laughs) So that's that's all of the housekeeping and um, messages I needed to give. There's nothing else, is there, Alicia? I don't think so. I'm good. Okay, cool. Good. So we're at the end of the episode, darling listener. Episodes, episodes. I think I need a rest. Thank you. If you're still here with us right at the end, you will find all of the links to everything we've mentioned in the show at our website, belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. That's where I put all of the extended show notes with pictures and quotes and downloadable stuff and links to things and random facts and, you know, just lots of cool stuff. So go and check it out. And while you're there, subscribe to our mailing list because you'll not only get the, like a notification when a new episode is out, so you won't miss anything, when we start doing special things like special events and little, you know, special secret stuff for listeners, that's where I'm, that's where we're going to let you know what's going on. So make sure you sign up. Yeah. It'd be so fun to have more of you guys on there because it's more personal, um, you know, than social media, I think anyways. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't want you to miss out on stuff and people, you know, there's, you miss things on Facebook all the time. And if, you know, you can, you can become a patron um, and we can do personal messages and stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But this is just a really cool way for you for us to stay in contact and, you know, a way for you to contact us. It's not just all one way. Yep. Definitely. Okay. That's us. Yeah. 
Have a good holiday if you're celebrating. We'll see you in the new year. Yes, happy holidays, darlings. We'll see you soon. Well, we'll be in your ears soon. We won't see you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>